This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's good? Welcome to another edition of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. In a quick moment, we will be joined by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports covering the Northeast. We're going to go in-depth on some of the big news from over the weekend. Remember to hit that subscribe button. We are about a month away from the early signing period in mid-December, and I know you've got recruiting questions. The best way to get those questions answered here on this show is to submit a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, include your recruiting question, aim it at one of our recruiting analysts, aim it about a certain team or a certain recruit, and we will address that question and more on an upcoming mailbag episode. Before we get to Brian, let's begin with the kickoff. Will Muschamp is out at South Carolina, and it's another indication of the recruiting implications that on-field results have. Now, obviously, Muschamp was let go because of the on-field results, and obviously, Muschamp was let go because South Carolina didn't look that great this year. But with the early signing day being in the mix and fast approaching, Gone are the days of the lame duck coach. Decisions like this one have to be made now. They have to be made properly and they have to be made with the future in mind in terms of what's to come. How is this going to affect recruiting? South Carolina right now has a top 50 class. They have a number of high profile prospects that now a lot of coaches will be going after. So doing this now gives that program the best chance possible to hang on to a lot of the recruits and sell the vision, sell the direction of the program. So with the early signing period on the horizon, be sure to keep it locked in at 24-7 Sports for all the latest on the recruiting effect that a decision like this one is having on South Carolina and the dominoes that could fall with other programs pursuing recruits that are committed to the Gamecocks. Joining us now is national recruiting analyst Brian Doan. He is based in the Northeast and he's always primed and ready to give us his soccer takes but before we get to soccer brian i'll give you i'll give you some time later later uh, on. all right <laughs> i all right. i want to i want to know how you are doing brian how are you i'm doing great because it's monday and as we tape this the u.s team plays in two and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't wait i, I said i couldn't i, I couldn't but oh that's outstanding but yeah i'm doing well i mean we're we're getting hit hard by COVID here again in jersey but uh you know, winter's coming to winter, Blair. It's going to be a high of like 46 degrees today, which I'm sure you're used to, you know, in the summers out there in L.A. Yeah, well, speaking of cold-blooded, Will Muschamp is out uh, at, <laughs> at South Carolina. And this is the epitome of what it has come down to now in, in coaching, right? Because a lot of these coaches don't have uh, the, the same amount of time to turn things around. And then uh, administrations, ADs, uh, presidents, they're not afraid 
to make midseason changes with that early signing period approaching. Now, South Carolina has a number of commitments, and, and that's you know what we focus on on the recruiting side over at 24-7 Sports. They have 16 commitments. They have a top 50 class right now in the composite team rankings. And one of the headliners in that group is George Wilson. He's a, a, a really talented pass-rushing defensive end from Virginia Beach, Virginia. What's the buzz on George Wilson and, and you know what he's looking for now that Will Muschamp is out at South Carolina? Yeah, and I think, you know, before you start to talk about the buzz now that he's out, you know, there's some stuff going on last week, too, which I wrote about just in terms of last week, you know, Penn State had been in touch again, Auburn and TCU had quietly offered, which, you know, you'll see a lot with kids, they'll be committed and they'll get offers, but they don't put the offers out um, to the public because, the school they're committed to usually doesn't like to see that they're blessed to receive an offer. Yeah. I th- I, a lot of times so, that that's out of respect, right. To the staff that they're committed to, but at the yeah, same time, it, they want to be able to protect themselves as well. Well, it's, it's out of, you know, the staff, if, if you put out, Hey, great to get an offer from Auburn blessed. <laughs> the staff is going to be like, what do you mean you're blessed to get an offer from Auburn? You've been committed here since July. So George has been committed to South Carolina since July, and it was North Carolina, Penn State, and a little bit Arizona State at the end. But even, you know, that Muschamp got fired on Sunday comes as zero surprise when you're known as a defensive guy and you're giving up, you know, thousands of yards a game, it seems like, on offense. And, you know, the, the other coach is throwing a play sheet in the air because he's so excited uh, about what's going on in the game offensively. Then you're, you're almost forced to make a move if you're South Carolina. And, and, but Wilson was talking to schools before this happened because – you can kind of see it wasn't like all of a sudden at the end of Saturday, oh, geez, they had a bad game. The South Carolina staff is in trouble. And, you know, Blair, we always talk about it, you know, amongst ourselves and in the industry. And, and it's talked a lot on message boards about kids don't sometimes kids are saying they're ready to commit. And then 24 hours beforehand, they still don't know where they're going. And so the question is, why are you putting these deadlines on to commit at a certain time? And I get it. Some kids just want to get it over with. And I think George was like that. He, he had enough of it through the spring and early summer that he's like, all right, I'm ready to go in July. And so it was again, North Carolina, Penn state and South Carolina. And there was some, well, not some, there was a lot of surprise when, you know, 48 hours beforehand, it started, word started going through back channels and through sources that South Carolina was going to land him. And, you know, he kept an eye on what was going on with Carolina, how they were doing defensively, what's going to happen with the staff. And so if I'm a kid, I'm doing the same thing. You have to protect yourself. What if the new staff comes in and changes defenses and doesn't want to run? You know, George was going to run pretty much a buck, you know, outside linebacker rush end in 3-4. Um, what if the new staff comes in and wants to run a 4-3 or, or, or whatever? He doesn't like the new staff. So you have to protect yourself. And I think that's something he's doing. He, you know, as we tape this, he is not decommitted. Uh, there's no guarantee that he will decommit, but you can bet there's a lot of schools reaching out to him, you know, whether it's Florida State or, or NC State, there, there's going to be 
a lot of interest in him. We have him as a top two, four, seven defensive end. He's a really good basketball player who early on had an offer from Hampton to go play basketball speaks to his athleticism. And he is just learning how to play football. And he's supposed to stay at, at green run in Virginia beach through the spring. He wants to play basketball in the winter if they have it and then play football in the spring. So I'm curious to see how much he improves then. And I'm also curious to see what he does in the next few weeks in terms of speaking with schools, because listen, you know, as well as I do getting to the quarterback is a premium position in high school and college and the NFL and peewee and pop Warner, whatever. And he showed as a junior, which was his first year playing high school ball, he showed that he has the ability to get to the quarterback. And he did a lot of it off of raw athleticism. And now with a year of work with the staff down at Green Run, you know, he, he's got a chance to be really special. George Wilson listed at 6'5", 214 in the 24-7 sports database. And like you mentioned it earlier, South Carolina made a late push to land that commitment initially. North Carolina had a lot of the buzz in the crystal ball. Do you feel like the Tar Heels will be heavily involved here? And, and what other schools do you think could be serious players if he decides to open things up with about a month to go until the early signing period? Yeah, I, I think you're looking at two things. First, with North Carolina, are they going to to reach out? My understanding is there's been some preliminary um, contact made between Wilson's camp and, and North Carolina. but you know, a few weeks ago, it looked like North Carolina had moved on from it. We'll see now if that changes. And and again, it, it has a very good chance of changing, especially the proximity. North Carolina is doing a better job of recruiting in the 757, which is the Tidewater, Virginia Beach, Norfolk area, for those not familiar. Um, they have great connections there, especially through Dre Bly. It's only a few hours from North Carolina's campus. So it makes sense to do all that. I think they're a player. And like I said, I know that Auburn and Penn State and Texas Christian had all reached out. I've heard Florida State has reached out. So, And I think if George decides to open it up, then I think you'll see a lot more schools uh, get mentioned. I think even if he does not open it up, there's going to be a bundle of schools in contact because – Let's be honest, as soon as a coach gets fired, or actually before, when you kind of get the sense that something could be happening at a school, you can guarantee 50 schools are running down their commitment list saying, okay, who maybe could we get from there? Who would fit our system? Who would we be interested in? Yeah, and we've seen the decommitments rise to begin with already. And now that you mix in coaching changes and, and changes in, in staff and, and even results on the field, uh, I think we're, we might see that ramp up even more uh, as we approach National Signing Day, uh, the early signing period in mid-December. We'll be back here on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast with more from Brian Doan. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. To the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.
We are back on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am Blair Angulo, joined by Brian Doan. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at BrianDoan247. Now, Brian, not only do we have the, the big news from George Wilson that we went in depth on here in the, in the first segment, uh, but we've got prospects in the next class uh, already starting to cut down their list. You had Zach Rice, a top 24-7 prospect. He's number 12 overall in the 2022 class, 6'6", 285. Uh, Zach Rice from Lynchburg, Virginia. He plays at Liberty Christian Academy. Uh, what's what's the latest on him there? Who are the eight that, that you see and that he put out that, that have a, a good chance here with him heading into his, his next recruiting cycle? Well, I mean, he, he did it over the weekend. He, he did a top eight of LSU, Notre Dame, North Carolina, Virginia, Miami, Florida, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. And, you know, I think one of the things when you look at with Zach is he's been dealing with this recruiting stuff a lot since the early spring. Um, he, he spent, you know, they're, they're not playing in Virginia right now. So he's got a lot of time. It's not like he's getting home from practice and doing homework they have a lot of time right now to go through things and what you know he's been to two games this year he went to a game at north carolina where he was able to go with the family of of tony grimes who is a defensive back at unc who was a five-star defensive back in our class of 21 he decided to graduate really early and is now playing for North Carolina so he went there and then the following week North Carolina played at UVA and Rice went with the family again and you say oh wow you know North Carolina which you know he likes North Carolina a lot but his grandfather played at UVA the family lives close to UVA um, you know he's been to Florida a few times I was to be honest I was I was surprised Clemson did not make the list. I thought Clemson would make the list. Um, but when I'm looking at Zach Rice, you know, it, I always look at what a recruit says early in his recruitment. You know, somebody once said to me, if you really want to know what a recruit's thinking toward the end of his recruitment, go read the first or second story written on him before he got all the offers, everybody paying attention to what he's doing because they're pretty honest about, you know, what they're looking for in schools, location, what schools they like early in the process. And for me, I look at Zach and proximity was always big. I, I was surprised that Virginia Tech was not on the list because he's, he's really close with his mom, Mary, and he's talking about his grandparents being able to get to a lot of games. They don't, they don't come to his high school games. He said, his, you know, his, his, his grandma doesn't come to his high school games and it's important for him to have family at games. And so you start looking at it and you say, okay, what's close? Well, UVA is really close. North Carolina is a few hours away. Um, you know, when he and I spoke, you know, he, he did say, Hey, look at LSU, Miami, Florida, they're a bit further. So is Oklahoma. So is Ohio state. But, I think right now I'm focusing on the schools that are closer to him within a few hours, but also understanding that, look, we think so highly of this kid that he's the number one offensive tackle in the class. He's the number 12 player overall in the 24-7 sports rankings in the 22 class. So when you look at it from that aspect, he's going to have a lot of options and Maybe he'll get to a campus and be blown away and, and say, okay, listen, Ohio State is is not that far. And 
you know, he's got a good friend who plays, you know, an hour away in Gunnar Givens, who's, you know, our number two offensive tackle in the 22 class. And, you know, they both have Ohio State on their list. And so you start looking at that kind of things about, you know, can he go to school with Givens at the same place and and be happy and, and have it be close enough? So there's a lot of things to really look at as this moves along. And maybe he says, you know what? LSU was really developing offensive linemen. I want to go there. Or he grew up, Miami was his favorite school. And maybe he goes there and clicks with the staff. And he's been to Florida. You know what Oklahoma has, offensive linemen. They do a good job there. So they have a chance to all make impacts. And when you take his top eight, I can sit there and make an argument for any of them. I mean, if you're the number one offensive tackle and you have a chance to go to Notre Dame and, and you look and you see what they've produced as far as offensive linemen recently – and on top of that, the academics of Notre Dame, that's also something that you really look into. So while I think this thing is really wide open, I think until the recruitment moves a little further along and Zach starts speaking about some things about schools a little further away, you kind of zero into the closer schools. There are, I mean, there are a lot of variables there, Brian. Distance, you mentioned academics, you mentioned NFL development, you mentioned obviously the ability to be able to play close to his family. Um, and then you've got also, um, you know, that, that Gunner Givens factor. I know you're not a believer in package deals. Uh, why, why is that? Not. Because you have two people who want different things in schools. And usually the primary thing that they want in a school is not where my friend is going. If it's brothers, that's different. But Gunnar Givens wants something in a school and Zach Rice wants something in a school. And it doesn't mean they want the same things. And then you look at Gunnar Givens' top six, and it's Clemson, it's Alabama, it's Virginia Tech, it's Penn State, and then it's North Carolina and Ohio State. So if you take Zach's top eight, if you take Gunnar's top six, there's two schools that overlap, North Carolina and Ohio State. Now, they may wind up playing together, but are you telling me that because either Zach Rice or Gunnar Givens is going to pick North Carolina or Ohio State, that's the tipping point for the other one? Well, hey, look, everything was the same, but since Zach is playing here, I'm going to go here. It, it makes no sense. And so it's all nice to talk about package deals and everything, but that's just not how recruiting works. And every time I see people write about package deals, I, I, I to be honest, I cringe. I'm like, package deals. Come on now. That's that's not realistic because the kids are looking for something. Their families are looking for something. And the other kid and the other families are looking for something. And now if they're the same thing, that's great. But they're not picking a school because their friend picked a school. And that's what a package deal is. And they're both tackles. So who who's going to play right tackle, right? Who's going to be? Yeah, as, yeah. And I mean, and Gunnar Givens, you know, there's some talk about him maybe wanting to play defense. He's a really good defensive end too. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, in the NFL, he can make the most money playing offensive tackle. And, and yeah, so it's like if you're telling Zach Rice, hey, you could be our starting left tackle. Well, wait a minute. So now Gunnar is going to be the starting right tackle or vice versa. It just it, – it it's so convenient and it's so easy to say package deals, but you know, come on now, you've been doing it since long enough, Blair. How many times have you heard somebody say package deal and, and does it, does it ever pan out? 
at least 10 times every recruiting cycle. And it, they say it or it pans out? It, no, it hardly pans out. I, I hear exactly. that term being thrown out by recruits. And, and, and it's more, more so kind of the buddy-buddy system, right? You establish a good relationship with someone during the recruiting process. And, and you feel like you want to play with them at the next level. Um, you know, and, and you know, at some point you realize... I have different priorities. That player has different priorities. And then you don't really even have the same recruiting options unless you're the elite of the elite. Um, so yeah, they, they hardly pan out. So uh, a word of warning for recruiting fans, if you ever read the word uh, package deal in a quote, you know, uh, you know, maybe kind of take a step back and, and reassess that because it, it hardly ever pans out. Um, Brian, before we let you go, I, I know obviously there was um, a, an expected commitment that didn't happen um, from Talik Robbins. Um, he, it sounds like he's down to two schools. Uh, he's a, a top 30 defensive tackle in the country, 6'3", 300 pounds out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, what's the latest on Talik Robbins? Yeah, Talik, it was it was Ole Miss and A and M, and then George was kind of involved there too. So I'll, I'll never rule it out, especially when he decides to delay his decision. He was supposed to announce Sunday afternoon. I texted him Sunday morning, "Hey, what time you thinking?" He and he hit me back saying, "Hey, I'm I'm not ready. My family's not ready. We're going to wait. We're going to announce next Sunday, which is November 22nd. Still waiting on a time." And you know, it's funny. You look, and I haven't put in a crystal ball pick. Steve Wilfong who is also covering some of Talik, he hasn't put in a pick. And, and there's a reason for it. We're, we're not, I'm not putting in a pick when, it, when the kid is 50-50 in his mind kind of deal. Um, and I, I think he was going back and forth. I think going into the weekend, Ole Miss maybe had a slight lead. Obviously, he wasn't comfortable enough to make a decision whether it was going to be for A&M or for Ole Miss. And I, I think when you're looking at Ole Miss and A&M, you are looking at two excellent recruiters. And this is a great battle for people that really like recruiting and, and like the different machinations of it. Chris Partridge at Ole Miss is a fantastic recruiter. And so is Elijah Robinson at Texas A&M. And they both have ties to the area. They both have kids committed in their 21 class from Philadelphia. And I, I think it's really a fun thing to watch them kind of go at it in recruiting and battle for a kid in Philadelphia. And I don't think either school will be comfortable until that letter of intent comes in, no matter when he announces, no matter when he decides I'm putting it out public, I think it's going to be something that you continue to move along. And with Talik Robbins, you know, Elijah Judy from Philadelphia is also looking hard at A&M. He, he was a Georgia commit decommitted he says he's still looking at georgia and a&m and so i look at this is a elijah robinson chris partridge battle in recruiting and it really would have been fun to kind of like hey whoever wins the game this weekend maybe gets his commitment <laughs> right. right that would have been kind of like fun instead of you know you know i always see in the big 10 where they play for for trophies or the egg bowl between Ole miss and mississippi state but maybe they could get like one of those cutout fan pieces of like Talik and the winner gets to carry him off the field or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Um, but obviously that's not going to happen with that game being, um, I'm not sure if it's postponed or canceled, but I know they're not playing this weekend, but yeah, it's kind of like a fun little uh, thing to take a look at and, and see just how that, even if you're not a fan of either of those teams, 
it's really worth seeing. They, they're really good recruiters. They build great relationships with the families. They have strong ties to the area. And so, you know, before you battle on Saturdays on the field, these are the battles that go on that leads to the outcome of those battles on the field. Yeah, the, well, there was the UCLA Cal game this on Sunday. And, you know, I always joke that the winner of that game should be able to play the fight song for a full year until the game, they, they play the game next year. Uh, because for those of you that don't know, UCLA and Cal share the same fight song being in the UC system in California. Now, wait a minute, because I've always said they share the same fight song, but who had it first? It's, it, well, it's Cal's song. Like a hundred percent. So Cal's the original UC. Right. So UCLA school. stole it, is what you're saying. I mean, it was. It, it, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm saying that, but but it was an extension of Cal in Southern California. So I think there wasn't a lot of foresight there, and they just told them, "Hey, play the same song." <laughs> that, which, if anybody that knows the UC system makes complete sense that they would not understand the problems that that would cause. Yeah. So if you tuned in Sunday to watch that early in the morning, um, that was the joke is that the winner should be able to play the fight song for the rest of the year. And and obviously that didn't happen. I know there are three or four people that listen to this recruiting podcast to hear your soccer takes, Brian. So I'll give you the, I'll give you 30 seconds right here because for those fans, I know they, they want to get caught up on what you saw out of the U S men's national team in their internet national friendly last week against Wales. Yeah, it, it made me, you know, not want a coaching change as my primary thing right now with the U.S. men's national team. They played Wales. It was 0-0 and people, oh, same 0-0 that don't understand soccer or get it. But what I loved about it is they played two kids that were 17 years old in the game, both playing in Europe for their club teams. They were creative. They were energized. They played with purpose. They played with flair. They played with confidence and they didn't finish. And and that's another issue because the U S is forever searching for a striker who can put the ball in the net in the final third. But watching that game for the first time in a long time. And I watch every U S men's national team game. I don't miss it. The first time in a long time, you sat there and you said, wow, we actually have creative guys we have guys that are comfortable on the ball they're not afraid to make mistakes and they can beat you one-on-one and they can also see the field and there's great vision and by the way I don't want to get into all the names and everything because then people really won't remember. But they also have a right back. And for those that don't know, you know, the dude who plays on defense all the way on the right, who plays for Barcelona, which is one of the top teams, you know, Messi for the people that don't know, who can really get up and make something happen on the offensive half of the field. And by the way, what is he, 18, Blair? And so when you look at it, you're sitting there going, wow, the U.S. finally has athletic, natural talent who are not robots who play the game just in a U.S. system of grind you out. They may actually be able to score a goal with some creativity. Yeah, well, so what Brian is saying is, everyone, book your tickets for Qatar 2022. Uh, Listen, man, I got to watch some websites talk about this is going to be what the U.S. World Cup team looks like in Qatar for 22. Are you freaking kidding me? Can you just get through a few friendlies did you learn nothing from watching this team in the last failure cycle? <laughs> yeah, no, they, well, they didn't clearly. Um, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the, the next U.S. men's national team friendly. Appreciate it, player. Thank you.
All right, that was Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at BrianDoan247. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast.